This is Cody Beers with the Wyoming Department of Transportation. YDOT is proud to help bring you the Indian Relay podcast and to partner with the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho tribes. Our goal is to keep people safe on our local highways. Did you know that Wyoming has averaged 1,100 alcohol-involved crashes annually in each of the last 10 years and that more than 50 people die every year as a result of drunk driving. We can do better. We must. Celebrate life. Drive sober. The Indian Relay Podcast is made possible by the Institute of Tribal Learning at Central Wyoming College. The Institute coordinates American Indian services through continued education on historical and contemporary issues. CWC proudly serves the two nations of the Wind River Reservation, and through the Institute, they seek to provide positive influences to educate students, along with tribal and non-tribal community members on American Indian issues on a local and national scale. To support the Institute and its mission, or to learn more more, email Ivan Posey, iposey at cwc.edu. That's I-P-O-S-E-Y at cwc.edu. Here on the Wind River Indian Reservation, we have stories to tell, history to share, and wisdom to give. On this show, we share the well-roundedness of our people. In that process, we break the mold placed on us and reclaim our identity. Northern Rappo and Eastern Shoshone. We are two nations and one community. This is Indian Relay, a Wind River Indian Reservation podcast. Haba, Besihi, Nate Aina, Jaha Ain, and Nasi in the Na Hinana Ainana. Hello, all my relatives. My name is Jakahe Black, and I belong to the Northern Arapaho tribe. I want to say thank you to each and every single one of our listeners for tuning in. You can find our episodes on all podcast platforms and please leave a review, rate us and subscribe to our show so that way you know when we upload a new episode. And when you rate and review us, more people will be able to see our show and more people will be able to hear the stories that we're telling here on Indian Relay. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're doing a lot of cool things on there. We're putting out videos we're putting out message boards and we're also doing artist collaboration raffles so if you want to participate in those be sure to follow us so you know when we're doing them i also want to send a shout out to jg pakotis and noah pakotis our relatives over at dcm collective for providing the intro and the outro music on today's episode if you're from the county 10 area and involved in any type of fitness or crossfit then you definitely heard of today's guests. I'm talking with Denise Berge and Mike Ute. Their business is called Intertribal Wellness LLC, and it encompasses intertribal fitness, intertribal nutrition, and intertribal youth fitness. And if you ask me, they are most definitely fitness couple goals. Denise Berge went to CWC and CSU for mathematics and chemical engineering. She is a CrossFit level two trainer and a precision nutrition level one coach. Mike Ute has been a CrossFit Level 1 trainer for over 10 years. He's taken certificate courses in Olympic weightlifting, kettlebell, gymnastics, and CrossFit for kids. He attended MSU Bozeman for exercise science, and he is a founder of their nonprofit organization, The Destiny Program. And he was also one of the actors, the werewolf actors in the Twilight series. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not the first time I heard that. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was actually when I was in middle school when I first learned who you were. Um, they were doing some youth event up Is, at Fort Washke at Rocky Mountain Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the actors, uh, I don't know, he was up there doing some promo stuff, I guess, and we had to kind of follow him around. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then there was one time they had Superman – and a couple of other big time rappers there. Uh, Superman is a indigenous rap artist. Um, and you introduced yourself, and I think you must have been talking about CrossFit or something. But you said, "Yeah, I'm one of the actors from Twilight." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I like, remember that. I was like, "Dang, no way! They really, <laughs> they really brought out all the stars today." <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Mike and Denise, for joining us. Super excited to have you here. Uh, so I want to start off today's episode talking about your personal fitness journeys and personal wellness journeys and how you got involved and what made you want to seek out your training and certification in order to help others achieve their wellness fitness goals. All right. So, well, well for myself, um, there was a point in my life where you know, I was overweight. And I think I kind of went through the same thing that a lot of the people here actually anywhere they go through where you get out of high school and you stop moving maybe you have a you have children um and there's no more school sports or anything like that and then so it's really easy to put on weight so I was probably about 20 years old and I was and I'm you know five nine if I'm lucky so I'm not very tall and I was weighing in at about 215 220 pounds ish something like that and I started getting the, the signs of diabetes. So I started getting like the acanthosis around my neck and my armpits and things like that. So that freaked me out. I didn't want to do that. My dad, uh, you know, God rest his soul, he had diabetes for most of his life. For most of my life, he had diabetes that I could remember. And I watched him injecting insulin, things like that. I didn't want any part of that. So... There was a point where I was, I kind of hit that wall, and I was like, I, I, I just don't want to do that. So I started looking for ways to, to just get, uh, kind of put the, take the weight off, something, do anything. Uh, I, I kind of lifted weights a little bit, but wasn't anything really serious. I wasn't trying to make a big transformation. It was just kind of something that I did, and uh, so that was like the beginning of my journey. So I tried to figure out just something better. So I, I utilized the, the tribal health uh, facility that they had. It was really small, and I worked in there for a while. And um, so I, I, I had to find something. I had to find some kind of program, some type of uh, something to stick to. And so I got into running a lot. Um, but I wanted to get stronger because I felt like as I was running, I, I did lose weight, but I also felt kind of like, like I, I wanted to put muscle on and I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was just doing like uh, whatever I thought would, would, would be helpful. And it didn't really lead anywhere. Uh, I kind of stumbled across what CrossFit was, I would say 2009. In about 2009, um, I picked that up and it was everything that I was looking for. It was a really structured program uh, focused on strength, it focused on how you're able to move. Uh, it, it had running in it, you know, so um, 
it really like spoke to me. So I, I, I jumped on that. And I, that was really when I, I kind of noticed that I was having a, a bigger body transformation was through doing that. And so it was, I, thought, I was like, this is great. This is great. And then so after like, I would say six months of that, then I decided, well, if I can do it, then there's got to be a way for other people to do it. So I really started uh, diving into CrossFit, what it was, and uh, just figuring out how to implement it to the community. And that was probably the biggest turning point of, of, of this, like this whole thing, I think, because I there's just something about helping people and seeing them, you know, that we had people, I, I know we had people, one, once I started implementing it with people, we had people that were, uh, they haven't run since they were in high school. And these, these people were like 40, 45 years old. And uh, when we were having them go through the program, they were running for the first time in like 20, 30 years or something. And just seeing people do that, it, it kind of just, you know, it's like a like elation, I guess. And so that's when I really thought, well, this is something that I really wanted to do. Uh, wanted to help people with their fitness journeys and their wellness and their health. And, and it's all interconnected. Uh, after that, I, I led the tribal health program until about 2012. I had a, uh, it was a life decision. I decided to move away. Uh, I moved to Seattle for a while. Uh, I moved to Tacoma, Washington. I worked for a smaller for-profit CrossFit affiliate while I was in Tacoma, and that gave me just tons of uh, experience. It was one guy. It was one guy that ran a really successful, mm. smaller uh, gym, like, and it was really good. And he had, we had a lot of people. We had full classes. It was a small space. Uh, so I learned a lot doing that, seeing, seeing how just one person can handle that. And when I, I decided to go to Bozeman in about 2014, uh, I was there for about a year, and then I came back. And so that's when I, I started thinking, well, you know, with all this knowledge and, and all this other uh, experience that I got, I can, I can take that and I can make it into something bigger. And so that, that was kind of like around the time where I started fig trying to figure out, you know, how can you do this? Because I, I realized for like business owners, it's like super hard. Like it's just, especially on a reservation, there's, uh, you know, the population density really isn't there. Um, it's a huge risk. Are you going to take a bunch of money? Are you going to get loaned out for hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to get your business going? Are you going to like, what are you going to do? Like, like there's just so many roadblocks and. I was at that point. I was like, how am I going to turn like my ideas and uh, what I can I can kind of envision in my head? How, how can I turn it into reality? And uh, so I, I came upon an idea. And, and this is when I started talking to Denise and uh, kind of like when we first started hanging out. But uh, I kind of brought it up like maybe we should start a nonprofit, like a nonprofit organization. And so then we did that. So the Destiny program was born out of that. And which really worked out well because we were able to take that as an organization and then start raising money. And then it was like a, it was an actual legit thing. It wasn't just like, um, like an idea in my head. Mm, yeah. So then we took that and we started just gathering donations. We hustled, I screen print shirts. Uh, we sold, we went around, we sold those, um, gathered up donations and we finally laid our, uh, concrete foundation for our building. And I think that was kind of like 
like this is it like you you know uh, worst comes to worst, you know, that thing is just going to, it's going to be like $25,000 worth of concrete just sitting out there doing nothing. Or, you know, you can hustle and, and, and you can get everything going from there. That was about 2015, I think. So um, that kind of leads us to here, I think. And, you know, it all just started from me making a change for myself and then, and then figuring why well, I can use it to help other people. And then it's like, how, how do you manifest that? into something real and something physical and how do you make that kind of then you make that point your starting point mm. you know it's all about finding like that next starting point i think and you know, i think denise kind of has a kind of a similar approach i think yeah so um i've always been pretty active throughout going through college and stuff like that but um i think i started to like get into the habit of drinking <laughs> and started um, going down that kind of road and it wasn't it was unhealthy and um, it kind of you know like put me in a dark place and so I would always come back to fitness and it kind of like would bring me out of that that place and so um, when I decided to completely quit drinking I threw myself into CrossFit and um, it really pretty much saved my life, I would say. I think that from there, when I was going to college, I was always going to CrossFit. So every morning I would wake up at like 6 a.m. and I would go to CrossFit. And um, I, I, like Mike, I went and I was part of this bigger community in Fort Collins, Colorado. And um, I like the like the gym owners. He he had like a small small space, so I knew how like the CrossFit gyms operated. I would go to my classes during the day, and then I would always just come back to CrossFit. So it was just kind of like something I was just always thinking about. If I was in school, it was I was thinking about that. And then like within the the gym setting, I was kind of helping people there too, even though I wasn't necessarily a coach yet. I was helping people and like achieving certain goals and stuff like that. So from there, um, I decided that I was I wanted to to do this full time, and that's when I talked started talking to Mike, and we came up with the Destiny program um, and started. Pretty much like once we got the foundation up, we didn't have walls, we didn't have, um, we had like a heating system and maybe like a rig. And and then we just started inviting people to come work out. Initially, we had a soft opening and there was probably like 10 people who checked it out. And um, a lot of them still are our members, so they, they still come. Um, we've seen some pretty life-changing um, transformations since then. My initial fitness journey starting out was to change um, my healthy lifestyle I was living. I was going down a dark path into drinking and um, I just didn't, I just knew that our reservation already like um, struggles with a lot of that anyways and I knew that I needed to make a life change and um, I did. And I think using fitness has helped me. And I would like to share that with other people that um, there is this outlet and it works and it can help you. 
in a lot in lots of ways in your mind, body, and spirit. I feel like it's it's really um, uh, therapy. Wow. Yeah, those are both very powerful stories, and I want to thank both of you for sharing those. And I think that just hearing those stories alone can be really encouraging for someone and can really encourage someone to pursue a healthier wellness or fitness lifestyle. And before we continue this episode, I want to make it very clear that we're not here to judge anyone. We're not here to guilt anyone into one thing over another. All we're doing here on on Indian Relay is simply telling our stories and giving you all the necessary resources to seek out what it is you're interested in. Now, would you mind explaining to us a little bit about your business and how it's run and how it's operating? So we, we do have the nonprofit, which is the Destiny Program. Um, that's a 501c3 that we privately started. So we're not tribally affiliated. So we're not with the Eastern Shoshone tribe and we're not with the Northern Arapaho tribe where we did it on our own. The... Intertribal Wellness is a for-profit subsidiary of that nonprofit. So they complement each other. So the people that come into the gym, the memberships, and let's say we sell them a shirt, that goes into the for-profit part. Now, the for-profit benefits the nonprofit part by bringing those people in. And then uh, our mission through our nonprofit is to just build a healthier community. Uh, by doing like a lower reduced cost. So you can see the the subsidiary has the membership costs, but the nonprofit will subsidize, hopefully at some point in the future, those membership costs. So it's kind of like a cyclical relationship that we have that we built there. And we came up with that idea basically through, um, we did the... Uh, Wind River Startup Challenge. Yeah, the Wind River Startup Challenge. We uh, were one of the finalists, so we won um, a monetary award through that. And but the probably the biggest takeaway from that was that we were able to finally come upon a structure that would benefit our nonprofit while paying us. Because for a, like a long time there, it's been a long time coming, and, and we've been doing this for about five years. Uh, we weren't really getting paid. Like we were just, we were just volunteering all our time. Um, and it's tough. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's been, it's been difficult, but we've, we've been able to, to maintain it for so long, but we, we decided we have to do something so that we can get paid uh, so that we can uh, make a living off of it. You know, that's everybody's dream is to, is to have a business that you're, that you're the boss of, that you can make enough money that you can provide for your family and you can live comfortably. And, you know, like they always say, um, it's not a job if you enjoy it. So that's what we're, that, that was our goal. And so we've been able to do that. At the same time, uh, we were, you know, we've been talking about CrossFit this whole time. Um, uh, there was some stuff that happened that we could no longer be affiliated with CrossFit. So, mm-hmm. um, well, we can talk about CrossFit. That that's fine. We just we we have to put out there that we are not advertising ourselves as a CrossFit gym anymore because there were some things that were said by the CEO and uh, we that didn't align with our values and mm. what we believed. So uh, we decided to pull our affiliation with CrossFit, and so that's where 
the intertribal fitness that that's our new name like like uh-huh. we like just came up with that within the last couple of weeks and you know less than a month less than a month we've been intertribal fitness um so we're kind of branching off you know which which i feel in in our case i feel like that move was actually better for us like uh um we're able to do more now with our with our facility with uh, classes that we're able to offer, I think we're going to be able to, to offer a little bit more. So um, for us, it worked out. So that, that just kind of clarifies it a little bit. Um, we we can talk about CrossFit and we can like uh, say that that's kind of like methodologies that we use there. Um, and, you know, we've got to this point because of, because of CrossFit. Like that was, that was, uh, like, like we have them to thank for that. Mm-hmm. And so we don't really have anything bad to say about it, but we just, uh, you know, there was a point where, like I said, we had to, to kind of pull away from that. And now we're doing our own thing. So, yeah. So that's uh it's better for us though. Wow. Yeah. I have to applaud both of you for sticking true to your morals and staying true to what it is that you believe in after the CEO spoke out against the Black Lives Movement like that. And now that you are doing things on your own, can you two tell us about some of the programs that you offer through your intertribal fitness? So there's three programs. We have the intertribal fitness, which is basically just our community fitness classes. Um, We offer a 5 a.m. class, and that's before work. Um, it's a charge class. So we have uh, a website. It's called intertribalfitness.com, and then our rates are on there and um, our schedule. We have two free classes, one at noon and 4 p.m. currently. And then um, we just implemented this uh, powerlifting bodybuilding uh, class at 5 p.m. And... Um, Intertribal nutrition is one-on-one coaching, so it's nutrition coaching. We'll talk about your goals and how I can help you achieve those goals within 12 weeks and then beyond. And then intertribal youth fitness is something we are working on currently, so we haven't implemented that yet with um, the pandemic and stuff, so we're just kind of waiting for for the next steps on uh, the COVID situation. Mm. Now, I want to talk about the philosophy that you two have used in your fitness training. And the philosophy you use is mind, body, spirit, and the seven elements that go along with it. And those elements include movement, sleep, food, peacefulness, land, and sacred space. And I want to start off by talking about movement. And it's interesting when you think about movement in a historical context, because the way we used to be as indigenous peoples, movement was involved in everything we did. It was involved in our education, in the things that we learned. We were always outside. It was involved in our survival. You know, some tribes were nomadic in their lifestyle. We hunted, we fished, gathered berries and all of that. It was involved in the way we interacted with each other, when we interacted with other tribes, you know, even riding horses, there's a lot of movement and fitness required in that. 
And now when you look at education, our children are just sitting in the classroom all day, staring at paper, staring at screens. And, you know, if they're lucky, maybe they get an hour, half hour of recess and are barely, rarely allowed to get active. And I guess what my question is, is can you talk to us about the power of movement? Recently, my family and I have joined a walking group through Facebook and you know, it encourages walking. And I think sometimes walking can be underrated. So can you talk to us about the power of movement and then also just the power of walking? Yeah, I think, um, so like, we're familiar with, uh, well, I'm familiar with the, the walking club that I think is the Northern Rapid Diabetes Program came up with. Uh, I think it's great what they're doing. They're, they gave out Fitbits and they're doing challenges and things like that. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's, they're doing a good job. And so to kind of talk a little bit about what we're doing, uh, our program, uh, a lot of people are, are confused a little bit about what, like, who owns what we do. And we're a private program, which is, which is great for us because we, we're, we're our own bosses. And so that gives us the opportunity to, to look at programs like Northern Arapahoe and Eastern Shoshone Tribal Health Programs, uh, Wind River Cares, like that. And so we can, we can kind of program or we can uh, partner with these programs and so when I seen that they were doing like this this walking challenge and they were having like all these winners and stuff I was like that, that's 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 really good that they're having you know just like 20 people 20 families actually doing it and you can see pictures of these little kids and things like that and it, that's that's great and so like for us just getting people moving I think is like our number one priority. Like people are just missing that. They're they're not doing as much as they used to. I mean, I remember being a kid and I had PE like every single day. And that was on top of recess. That was on top of any type of school sports that I had later on when I was older. And I worked a little bit. I did some contract work inside of uh, Fort Washke School and getting to talk to some of those kids. And uh, it's pretty, it's kind of shocking a little bit. Because you, you talk to them and you're like, when do you guys have PE? And some of them are like, well, we only have it once, once a week. Mm. And uh, so it's like, wow, like they, they don't, they're not doing anything really there. And these kids really just, they just liked coming into the gym to it. Like, like just, uh, uh, I worked at the school, so I was inside of the gymnasium that they had here or had over there. And uh, they just loved just being in there and just running around. Like it was like a whole hour where they could just run and, and I could get out basketballs. I could get out like soccer balls and we could play games and stuff. And they, it was almost like uh, a release for them. And, and uh, you know, I really felt like that helped them because they just don't get that throughout the week. Mm. And I think being able to get outside, you know, that's an even bigger bonus. You know, um, I was always told to go outside every now and then with no shoes on and just stand on earth, you know kind of connects you and um, you feel grounded and it helps you uh, so I think a lot of these a lot of these kids nowadays are missing that and and for us we just got to get kids moving adults as well because they're starting to miss that too and uh, you know if you look around you notice that there's just so many things out there that um, it targets people and their ability ability to just sit still so you look at like cable TV and like all these movies and 
things on your phone. It's 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 almost like it's programming humans to just sit still, and you know that's not good. So yeah. uh, once you start getting people to not move, then you get all these health problems. Um, and health problems with the individual, I think we're kind of finding that health problems with the individual means health problems with the community. Um, so that's kind of like like fits in like good with us is if we can just get people even just walking or getting outside, doing something with their kids, uh, you know, that's just better for everybody else. Yeah, we've been um, <clears throat> the starting point for a lot of walks for community events. Like the Women's March, we've, we've been a starting point for there. And we've been a starting point for the awareness walk for underage drinking. Um, Susanna and Bob, for their memorial of their son. Hmm. Um, so we promote walking, and I think walking, too, it slows you down. And it does bring you more aware of your surroundings and... Um, that connection to the earth and we have a lot of land to walk on so I think that um, walking is is definitely not underrated <laughs> we, we should do more of it I saw this quote that said that movement is not just physical but it is also mental spiritual and emotional would you say that you agree with that quote and if you do, then how would you explore movement as mental, spiritual, and emotional? Um, movement is spiritual because it kind of, it makes your spirit feel alive and well. And it does feed into your emotions because you're, well, the endorphins, for one. Um, I mean, it just makes you, it, it does release the happy feelings. So you kind of forget about what's going on. Like for now, I mean, what's going on with the pandemic and stuff, I would, I would always reserve an hour to, you know, be physical, do some physical activity. Um, and that takes you, takes you away from what's going on in the world. So and it's just you and whatever task you want to, complete in that hour and um afterwards you, you know you feel better and you're like okay well good yeah. endorphins yeah I, I i think it's you know it's all connected um so like spirituality like the movement through spir spirituality it's hard to do if you're worried about your body like it's hard to do if you're worrying about your health if you're worried about uh, some type of disease that you, you 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 might have or that you're in danger of getting like you it takes you out of being able to enjoy a lot of things and you're worried about that so the healthier that your body can get the more you can use your mind to, to start looking at other things that um, maybe you couldn't focus on before you know your spirituality or if you're a religious person maybe you can think think about that instead of having to worry about your body the whole time but um I feel like it's all connected and like even if you're just going out for a walk just how good that feels just just to not worry about things and uh, not worry about your job or, or worry about how much money you got in the bank you can just go out and you know go for a, go for a walk and, and on one of these like beautiful evenings when it's like just like the sun's just going down and, and it's uh you know it's just nice and golden outside and you get those purples and stuff and just be outside and kind of hear a little bit of the wind and, and it just it just makes you feel better you know 
Um, it's a little stuff like that. I think that really a lot of people could, could be, really benefit from. Another one of the elements is sleep. So can you talk to us about the power of sleep? Because I think we all know how important sleep is, but it's almost as if it's still sort of undervalued in our society. And it's sort of a rare gift if you're able to have eight or more hours a night. Yeah. uh, It's super important. I mean, uh, it's, it's, if you don't get enough, You'll, you'll notice that it's hard to get up in the morning. And then when it's hard to get up in the morning, that kind of throws off your first couple hours of the day. And that just, I don't know, it makes your day kind of uh, a little behind a little bit. So, you know, just like Denise is saying, try to, try to disengage your mind before you go to sleep. That way it's easier to just, to just close your eyes. Or else you're going to end up laying in bed and you're going to be thinking about 10 different things, you know. You're going to be thinking about, uh, like, what, what somebody's saying on social media. You'll be thinking about that. You'll be thinking about the news that you heard on, on you know, that you're watching on TV. Uh, there'll always be something that your mind is trying to focus on, so it doesn't necessarily lead to a better sleep. So, And then the other thing is try to do something at least a little active throughout the day, and that will really help, like, especially probably three to four hours before you're trying to go to sleep. Do something, like. Go outside, go 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 for a walk. Um, maybe go outside in your storage shed and move something around. You know, something like that. Just get outside, just for like maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes. That that'll really really help. You can, you know, like like for us, if you come and do our workouts, you'll, you'll sleep like a baby at night. If you're, like <laughs> just so tired and. Yeah, you know. my my mom. She's seventy three, and she does um our program. And she's all, gee, I just sleep really well. <laughs> <laughs> so it exercise really does help with sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Denise, you're a level one precision nutrition coach. So do you advocate for any particular diet or are there diets that you recommend to your clients? Well, I will suggest like a, a certain diet plan based on their goals, and um, we'd go from there. So, like, I mainly get to know them first and see what their goals are, um, and then from there we can construct a diet plan. But I'm not specific to what kind of diet. There's no such thing as a perfect diet. So um, if somebody did keto then I would work with them like to see if it works for them. And then if it doesn't, then maybe we can try something else. Um, there's just a lot of different approaches. Um, I mainly suggest um, a balanced meal. So that what that would look like is like a palm-sized protein, um, a cup handful of carbs, two fistfuls of vegetables, and a thumb length of healthy fats. And then that would construct your plate, and that's what I suggest for most people. Um, It seems like there's this idea out there that eating healthy or being on a diet is expensive. So can you talk to us about some ways in which people can implement healthier eating habits without spending too much money? Yeah, so there's actually this uh, nonprofit called Grow Your Own, 
And um, shout out to them because they're doing an amazing job. They're, you know, like going around the community and offering um, gardening. So, I mean, and then I've seen some gardens, you know, provide plenty. So, and that's like nothing. That doesn't cost anything at all. Um, also, like, you know, shopping in grocery stores, their vegetables are not that expensive. I don't think they're, they're like a dollar something for some. And, um, like, even meat, you could buy the, the a large, like, pot roast, and then you can slow cook it, and then that provides, like, meat for the week. So, like, in the end, you end up saving, because it'll, it'll last more than a day. Mm-hmm. Now, the next element that I want to talk about is land. Can you run us through what it means to be connected to land in a journey of fitness or a journey of wellness. I think running, running definitely. Like I said, we have a lot of land, so you could run anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, and you can definitely feel, especially if, like, you're a hunter, I think, and, and you're outside and you're, you're trying to walk up like like a hillside and maybe you're trying to like pack a moose out or something and, and it's just like so hard but um I think it's at those points where you start realizing I probably should be in shape to do this right so I think a lot of people will run well, it, it's always going to happen when you're outside I don't it doesn't even matter what you're doing but you're always going to be outside when you run into those points where you're like I I I probably should start working out. I, I probably should start trying to lift things up. I should try to um, do things without getting hurt. Uh, and probably, I would say, almost every single year you're going to have, even with things like, like softball, you know, people go out there and, you know, they hit, they hit the ball. First thing they're going to do is try to sprint to that first base. And you're always going to probably get somebody pulling a hamstring, something like that. And then, you know, that's when they start thinking, well, you know, I probably should do some type of upkeep on my body. And you can really, you can really see almost like what you're made of once you start getting out and and maybe you're going fishing or um, maybe you're driving out in the mountains and man, you got to change a tire or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do something with your body to, to help yourself out there. So I think that connection with the land, it, it's, it's really going to show you what you're made of and probably more importantly, like, like what you're not made of or what you're missing, you know. So um, it's always going to happen outdoors, I think. I think uh, it rarely happens uh, in the gym or anything like that. In the gym, you can, you can uh, control your environment. You can control what you're doing. But as soon as you go outside and you're doing something outside, that's when or, – or like if you're a Powell dancer – and that first song, you put everything into it. And, man, I've seen people just, like, they're not able to catch your breath. They're just, you know, they're they're yeah. done. Like, they're done for the day. So it's like, uh, you know, it's at those points where you, where you start realizing, man, I, I probably should start working out, you know. So, um, but, yeah, like I said, it always happens outside. Would you agree that wellness doesn't always have to include movement? And this question sort of leads us into the next element out of the seven, which is peace or peacefulness. 
yeah, I, I would I would think so. I definitely think so. Because um, not everybody can move, right? So, like, you look at some of these elders out here that uh, probably don't get outside of their house very much. Maybe something's happened. They they are holed up. So, so I used to work uh, for tribal health in a capacity where I used to have to visit elders, like, almost every single day. I used to have to dump their trash. I used to have to uh, split wood. Fix their ramps, do things for them that they otherwise couldn't do just because they're disabled or, or uh, they need that service. So I used to work for Eastern Shoshone Tribal Health in that capacity for, I would say about five years. I did that, um, but yet some of these people uh, were just okay, like they were, you know, they were um, at least like in their mind, they were like just set, like they were, they didn't have anything to worry about. They um, uh, you know, it, you would think that these people, some of them were worried about their health, they were worried about, like, money, but they weren't. They were just, they were just set. They were there. And so visiting with a lot of them, you can kind of see that they're doing something that, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it keeps them at peace a little bit or it gives them, uh, you know, peace of mind or they're, um, you know, something spiritual or, or religious. So there's there's always something out there that they're doing that helps them. And, and, you know, a lot of them are probably a little more at peace than I am, you know. And, and so you can see there's something that they're doing, you know, whether it's, you know, their spirituality, whether they're smudging, like, every single day or they're outside praying or something like that. So I kind of, you can kind of see that you don't necessarily um, have to have that movement component in it. I think it's more an individual thing where they're kind of uh, they found something, and I think everybody needs to do that. You need to find something, you know, it's just something to believe in, whether it's yourself or you know God or whatever it is that you you're doing. You you need something there. Yeah, I agree, and the same thing I think can be said for sacred spaces. You got to have some sort of sacred space, which is the final element out of the seven. Can you talk to us about some of the sacred spaces that maybe you have found or explain to us how a sacred space is important for a fitness wellness journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's got to be some place. Um, and, you know, sometimes for me, it's just like sitting in my truck and then just like singing along to the radio. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like just, yeah, like just. And I, and I remember I had one elder that lived way out towards Blondie Pass, and that was like a like a, a hour drive out there, and it was just me. And for, for some odd reason, that drive was like, like I looked forward to that, even though I, you know it was just a drive. But um, there's got to be something I think for everybody, where because some people like come to our gym and and that I feel like that is their one hour where they can kind of just let go. They don't worry about work. They don't worry about um, having to get their kids up in the morning, they, they just kind of let go and they're themselves for like that hour, hour and a half, whatever they're there for. And um, I think everybody needs at least a little bit of space for themselves to do something like that. They need to set some time to do something, you know, just, just sit there maybe or read a book or, or um, just like kind of put yourself at ease, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And if you're listening, I want to encourage you to find your sacred space and find a space where you can 
wind down where you can collect your thoughts and collect your emotions and take care of your mental health. And if you're just joining us, I encourage you to go back and listen to the rest of the episode so you could hear the mind, body, and spirit, seven elements that go along with a fitness and wellness journey. Okay, before we end the show, I want to do a quick, quick, rapid question just for you two, just to end it, just so the guests can get to know you a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, would you rather have a giant, juicy powwow burger or a salad? Powwow burger. Yeah, I'd go with the burger because, you know, you got to live a little. (laughs) (laughs) True. All right. Green juice or lemonade? If it was lemonade from like Benny's or something. (laughs) Probably lemonade for me. I don't know. It depends on what kind of green juice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hike or bike ride? I like to hike. I like a bike. Uh. Power clean or burpees? Power clean. Power clean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, last one. When you're working out, rap or rock? Rock for me. Mm, I don't know. I could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, yeah. So, um, Those are all the questions I have for you today. And for the people listening, where can they find more information about you what's your social media and how can they interact or engage with you if they're looking to um we have facebook inner tribal fitness instagram intertribal fitness um also intertribal nutrition on both um you can check our websites they're both intertribalfitness.com and there's an intertribalnutrition.com yeah and we're pretty good at um getting back to questions left if you contact us through any one of those we're pretty good at getting a hold of like whatever um so yeah you can get a hold of us it's fairly easy well awesome thank you so much denise thank you mike for coming through and sharing your stories and sharing your experience to all of our listeners out there please reach out to them on their social media or website with your questions about fitness and wellness and i'm sure they would be happy to get you started on your own journey thank you to each and every single one of you that are listening to us on Indian Relay, I appreciate all of you. And I ask that you would subscribe to our podcast, leave a rate, leave a review. When you do that, the algorithm will kick us out to more people and more people will be able to experience the types of stories that we're sharing here. I ask that you go follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. You know, don't be afraid to reach out to us as well if you have a topic or an ideas for a show. You know, I'm, I said it before, I'm, I'm going to say it again. We're just scratching the surface with what this podcast can be. And it's pretty broad. I don't think there's a topic that's off the table. And, you know, this is for the people to listen. So, you know, we want to hear from each and every one of you. Uh, before we end the episode, I want to send a shout out to Porters here in Riverton, Wyoming. They provided the Porter 10 cast studio. Thank you to County 10, who we are partnering with for making this possible. Thank you to JG Pakotis, AKA Just James and Noah Pakotis once again. I appreciate both of you and I appreciate DCM Collective for sending us the intro and the outro music and for allowing us to use your beautiful work. I appreciate all that. This podcast has been made possible by so many people and to each and every single one of them, I wanna say wahey and ha ho.
This is Cody Beers with the Wyoming Department of Transportation. YDOT is proud to help bring you the Indian Relay podcast and to partner with the Eastern Shoshone and Northern Arapaho tribes. Our goal is to help keep people safe on our local highways. Did you know that seatbelts are the single most effective traffic safety device for preventing death and injury? Simply wearing your seatbelt in a car reduces your risk of death in an accident by up to 45% and by 60% in a pickup truck. Let's celebrate life. Buckle up for life.